It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you saw the news. Headline in the Star Tribune, Southwest Light Rail Transit now expected to cost up to $2.75 billion open in 2027. That's still five years from now. And the cost projections are anywhere between 450 and $550 million more than the initial price tag, which was still over $2 billion. Now, I have a quick story. I've lived in the northern suburbs of Hennepin County uh, for a long time now. I, ever since moving back home to the Twin Cities, my wife and I have made our home in the northern suburbs of Hennepin County. And I have a full-time job in the printing business. And for 13 of those years, I would travel from northern New Hennepin County uh, down to the southern suburbs, a few years in Edina, and then we moved the business out to Eden Prairie. So I became very familiar over 10 years with Eden Prairie, running errands, going out to lunch, uh, buying pizza, sandwiches, burgers, what have you. I became very familiar with the area around Eden Prairie Mall, and very close to there is where that light rail transit line will terminate uh, at a large parking ramp and transit facility that, that was in operation. And what blew me away in the last couple of years while construction began, were the number of extravagant bridges and viaducts to connect this light rail transit line. I'm thinking, who's paying the bill here? I mean, these are pretty fancy big bridges, particularly the one west of the mall, which which comes over a steep hill by Bachman's and Walmart and Costco and comes down to where that parking facility is uh, for for transit where they people would hop on the bus and head downtown or wherever. I'm thinking to myself, that bridge alone had to be tens of millions of dollars. And then, of course, you travel up 169 and you look to the east on Excelsior Boulevard and see a massive bridge being built over Excelsior to accommodate these light rail transit lines. And then, of course, we all know about the tunnel that that was being built uh, in the lakes area of Minneapolis and some of the problems that's causing and the expense. So it, it continues to balloon out of control. It won't open for another five years. And joining us to talk about it is Senator uh, Dave Osmick from Mound, a Republican uh, joining us. And, uh, Senator, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. But I, I think anybody who knows anything or know, has followed this light rail transit line uh, has got to be blown away by the ever-increasing price tag and now the fact that it won't open for another five years. Yep, thanks for having me, Steve. And, and I'm glad that we're starting to open our eyes. This is the warning flag that I put out when I started in the Senate on transportation. And it's just getting worse. It actually started originally 
down at about one point, a paltry $1.6, $1.7 billion, and it has ballooned basically a billion dollars ever since. But what people need to understand is we just throw that money around, and it is your money. That's coming from someplace. It just doesn't come down uh, from the clouds on, on the backs of unicorns. That is something we have to pay back. When you put the actual cost of building this thing into perspective with what the cost, if you have to pay that per ride. In other words, we know how many riders they say they're going to have, 30,000 a day. That's their numbers. You take the $2.75 billion, you have to pay interest on bonds for 30 years because that's how you build things. The actual cost per ride one way is $22.64. People should be aghast, and hopefully we're learning. Yeah, it, it really is extraordinary, and like I say, I uh, made the long commute from northern Hennepin County down to Eden Prairie for 10 years and started to see construction and the bridges that are being built just in the area around Eden Prairie Center, which was very close to where I worked uh, for 10 years. Now uh, the business moved up to Brooklyn Park, so I don't have a longer commute, which is great, But I'm and I'm not in the area anymore. But but like I say, I I was blown away by the design of this project. Could they have come up with a more complicated route to get this train to that transit center than the one they chose in the number of bridges just in the area of the mall? I'm thinking to myself, who designed this? Did they design it for maximum expense? I I, it it just strikes me as being an outright. I think they did. And this, this whole tunnel situation and the, the folks in, around uh, Lake of the Isles and that, those areas that did not want to see the train, so they had to build a tunnel that is now being a tunnel created in mud because the soils aren't in the right condition. They're gonna, that's what's going to take the most time. Uh, it, this thing we should stop now. What we can do, I believe what we could do is instead of putting in all of these, all the rails, let's just create those. You've seen those overpasses. You can create a nice express bus route and just use buses to get back and forth as opposed to continuing down this boondoggle. Yeah, it, it really is interesting. And I guess the next part of it is and if people don't get out to Eden Prairie or are on 169 in the area of Excelsior Boulevard, those are two examples where you'll see the bridge being built east of 169 and excelsior there is a massive project and a very impressive bridge and then all the stuff out in eden prairie just go check it out and and draw your own conclusions on weren't there other alternatives to make this light rail transit line a, a little bit more cost effective and then beyond that the the tunnel as well and I, the area lake of the isles and cedar lake and that's causing great engineering difficulty but the question is with the legislative session looming or looming what can be done to get a better understanding of what happened here well, thankfully, the folks on the other side of the political aisle, Senator Scott Dibble, I will give credit to, um, 
They're asking the tough questions too. Earlier this week, we actually had a meeting of the legislative, uh, uh, the uh, legislative panel on metropolitan governance, which is sort of one of those in-between session committees that we have. And he is supporting, and so is the chair of Senate Transportation, supporting the Office of Legislative Auditor to go do a full and complete audit of what we're dealing with. Where's the money going? And how much more is this gonna is this going to cost us? And Steve, you know that park you mentioned that parking ramp down there. That's for Southwest Transit. You know those buses with the yep. with the green labels? They're going to be delivering people, and this is another thing that should make people go crazy. They will be able to beat the train by twice the speed. You will get to downtown Minneapolis twice as fast for equal or same amounts of money as opposed to this boondoggle. And the governor's proposal in his budget that he just put out has $200 million for Botano. We're not learning from their experiences, and we're not learning from what works in Minnesota. We're just going full steam ahead or sending the train down the track, so to speak. Well, and, and Botano is the line that would head to the north, uh, the northern suburbs uh, out by the Target headquarters in Brooklyn Park, if if memory serves. Uh, Correct. 81. Yeah. Correct. Um, Southwest Light Rail, though, um, some are saying we're way too far down the road. There's been way too much money spent to to pull the pin. That that wouldn't make sense either. Well, the the warning flags were there. The warning flags when they were originally putting this out, it was still going to be at 1.6 or 1.7 billion, one of the mo- the most expensive public works project in Minnesota's history. I'm not surprised. And by the way, it it won't end at 2.75. It'll hit 3 billion before this is over. It'll be at 3 billion dollars. We still have an opportunity instead of building some of this infrastructure that they're planning on, including a abandoning the, the, the tunnel situation. Let's just put use it for a bus line, and it actually will probably be useful as a bus, a bus transit way as opposed to what they're currently doing now. Yeah, so do you get the sense, though, that, that there will be momentum in this legislative session to, to potentially rework this? Because I know there's about a billion dollars of federal money, give or take, roughly a billion dollars. Is there a chance that this thing could be redesigned, that the legislature uh, could, could step in and, and demand a redesign of this thing? It's Anything is possible, of course, until the first Monday following the third Saturday in May, which is our legislative adjournment. Anything is possible, but at least I am. it is heartening to see the, the other side of the political aisle agreeing that we have to have a full accounting, and maybe there's nothing that can be done. Remember, this is a Met Council project, and Southwest specifically had a, a, uh, a piece of legislation sent through that said that the legislature is not giving them 10%, which is what we were sp- supposed to give them. We refused to give them because we did not support this project. Um, I, I think there are still hard questions, and I think you still could make some changes. But unfortunately, there are, you're right that you can't maybe change some things. But I think you still make it into a bus rapid transit way without too much trouble and maybe save yourself some money. Senator Dave Osmick joining us, Republican from Mound, uh, the legislative session coming up. Before we let you go, there, there seems to be a lot of money out there, a very large budget surplus. Uh, does, does it make it easier uh, to maybe say, well, 
we're, we're going to get some tweaks. We're going to get some changes. We're going to get some guarantees. Let's throw some money at it and get it finished. Do you think be, because there is a pot of money there that, that it does make it easier to maybe get the thing done and bite the bullet? I'm sure there are some legislators that probably want to go in that direction. Our priorities in this, from the Senate Republicans are very clear. We have to deal with uh, crime and law enforcement in this state. We have to deal with a looming unemployment insurance issue that we have that's going to cost a, over a billion dollars to fix. We have... Uh, We have other issues that uh, Social Security, we want to finally zero out taxes on our senior citizens and zero that out. So we've got a lot of spending or uh, ways to move the money. Um, I really think if if this project continues the way it is, the people who should pay for this are the people that live in Eden Prairie, Hopkins, uh, St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, who are on this line. If you're going to receive $3 billion worth of benefit, maybe it's time for your property taxes to reflect that. Very interesting. Um, bigger picture, though, public transit generally a good thing. I think there is wide-ranging support for support of public transit in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. And in the last budget that we had, um, the Senate Republicans and House Democrats agreed on bus rapid transit. You know, we've got the A line. We've got, uh, I think it's the red line or the orange line that goes down into the South Metro. There's one going in. uh, There's multiple additional bus rapid transit lines. We agree with that because those types of mass public transit have been shown to be much more flexible. I mean, Steve, what's going on in downtown Minneapolis? right now target is pulling all of their uh, all of their workers out of downtown minneapolis and the world is changing telecommuting is becoming more and more prevalent it used to be a small blip we don't need to have things going as much into downtown because the business environment is changing rapidly yeah uh Big issue, though, I, I, I think uh, just based on what uh, I heard, a lot of water cooler talk about this one because it is an eye-opening number. Uh, between 450 and $550 million more and another five years to complete Southwest Light Rail Transit. So this issue not going away anytime soon. Well, and Botano is going to be well over a billion dollars. They're already talking about the Purple Line, which is something that would go up into into uh, White Bear Lake. They've talked about the extension uh, going out to Woodbury of the existing Green Line. There's all kinds of rail they want to build, but Steve, we aren't we aren't dense. That we don't have the density like New York or Washington D.C. or Chicago to make these things a viable option as opposed to flexible bus routes that we can do to deal with dynamics of where people live, where, what people want. We could still do that and provide good bus transit without having to spend $3 billion on a rail line that really is nothing more than a glorified bus line. All right. Well, Senator, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time today. You bet. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right. There he is, Senator Dave Osmick, a Republican 
from Mound. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.